Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh, and welcome to the live Q&A. Hope y'all are doing exceptional. I know it's been a while. Coach has been transitioning, getting ready for the school year, and so I know it's been a long time since I've been on YouTube, but I'm excited to be right back into it. So if you're watching me live, go ahead and get your questions in. Go ahead and type them out. If you watch it later, just pray that this uh, live Q&A segment is a blessing to you. And if you're watching me for the very first time, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And if this video and this channel resonates with you and you like, you need someone to help you uh, on this spiritual journey and fulfilling your purpose for God's glory, then you at the right channel. But there's a scripture that I want to read as everyone's getting their questions in. Um, uh, uh, it's in today's Proverbs. And that there, a little note, a little nugget here for those who really want to develop a good reading plan, a good reading structure, read a proverb a day and read a gospel a month. That right there would give you the proverbial wise things for daily use, as well as giving you a monthly glimpse over and over again at the life of Jesus. So that you could begin to emulate your life after that. And so as I was reading Proverbs 14, this verse came um, to the surface and I've noticed that I use this type of messaging in the lives of different people as I was coaching them. But it's Proverbs 14, 16, which says, a wise man is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. A wise person is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. Now, what is the scripture saying? It says a wise person is not careless, they're cautious. A wise person understands they're living in a spiritual world. They understand that there is an enemy. They understand that the subtleties of the satanic agenda is, is, is prevalent around those who are pursuing holiness, who are pursuing God, who's endeavoring to create a, a, a essence around their purpose that glorifies God. So therefore, a wise man is saying, I'm cautious about everything. I question everything. I'm not saying they're saying that they verbally question, but they're spiritually discerning enough to be able to say, hey, who sent you? Why are you here? What is this all about? And they understand that traps and plots and schemes are set within the lives of individuals that endeavors to do things for God's glory. So if this verse will kind of let you know where you are, because it's very hard to be discerning if you're arrogant. And, and arrogance and carelessness is evidence that you're not cautious. It's evidence that you're not wise. And could I say that cautiousness and discerning and self-awareness are byproducts of authentic salvation? That a person that's walking with God who has the Holy Spirit residing in them, there's something about them that keeps their head on a swivel. It reminds me of Gideon. How could God bring an army of 30,000 down to 300? Because numbers don't mean much to God. God can do more with the little than most people could do with much. So what did Gideon, what did God tell Gideon to do? God told Gideon to bring the people by the water and see how they refresh themselves. And so when, when Gideon got the men together, you can see the men coming down the hill, how many ever thousand. And he said, hey, guys, good work today. Good training today. Great preparation day. Great fight yesterday. 
Let's go get some water. Let's go take a break and everybody go out there and whatever. And there was a bunch of people, a high percentage of the soldiers went to the water and bowed down into the water and began to drink the water without keeping it on a swivel. But the men that went to the water and brought the water to themselves while keeping their head on a swivel, those individuals, God said, was fit for war. Why? Because most people, when it comes down to seasons of good times or refreshing seasons, they worship the refreshment and and becoming uh, oblivious to the warfare still. See, no matter how good life gets for you, you still got to keep your head on a swivel. No matter how great your life is right now, no matter how successful you are, no matter how much money you're making, no matter how great your ministry business is taking off, you got to keep your head on swivel because that's the only way you fit for war. And listen, there's no, there's good times, but there's still war times, right? And what I mean, but I'm not sitting there saying that you're going to have to experience warfare all the time. But what I am saying is a wise person understands that an enemy will always try to come at a more opportune time. For instance, the devil ain't going to waste much time if you know how to respond. Look at Jesus in the garden of getting not garden of Gethsemane, but in the wilderness. He tempted him three times, the devil did. And Jesus responded, but if, if you read the Gospels enough, you, we all know that wasn't the last time the devil tried to see if there was a more opportune time. He began to say, okay, if Peter is who he's going to build his church on, if that's the quote-unquote rock that he will build his church, let's see if I can use Peter. Let's see if I can use Pilate. Let's see if I can use the Pharisees, because the devil is not going to stop deviling. Demons are not going to stop demoning. They're going to still try to look for a more opportune time. We have to understand that our enemy, right, has a scouting report on all of us. He knows about what, about how many days of fervency one has in their walk with God. He knows what all it takes for you not to read your word. He knows what it's going to take for me and you to start praying. They have a scouting report, just like with a basketball player. They know for a fact, oh, he has no left hand. So what is the defender going to do? He's going to force you left. If you have no left hand, they're going to force you to dribble with your left. That's any smart scouting report. Oh, he's 15% on a corner three. So, oh, he's not a good shooter. When you see Westbrook out there on the three-point line, go into the paint. When you see whoever, whatever, whatever. But the thing that we should endeavor to become, I remember I was listening to, uh, um, I forgot what it was. It was someone talking about Kevin Durant. And it was like, who's the hardest person to guard in the NBA? And the guy said Kevin Durant. And they said, why? Because there is no weaknesses in his game. You can only contain him. But there's no stopping him. So the goal for the believer is to rest in the spiritual ability through the Holy Spirit that enables us to act supernaturally beyond the human limitations to be able to navigate certain situations where the devil can only say, hey, he's still going to get his 50. <laughs> he's still going to get his 60 points. There is no stopping him. All you can do is contain him or her. But a wise person says, I have to remain cautious. I got to keep my head on a swivel. Because my enemy is still got a scouting report. And that's why spiritual discipline and spiritual development is key so that your 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 uh your uh your bag can be deep. You know, everyone says uh uh he's in his bag. Like I don't want like a little travel on bag. I want to be able to say, man, his bag got bags, his bag got pockets. And for those like, what are you talking about? It's an NBA terminology, it's basketball terminology, like oh, he's in his bag. Like, like I want to be able to say, I, I got enough skills and tools and talent. 
talents and abilities and spiritual maturity in my bag to be able to keep my 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 enemy on his toes. And so when we understand uh, what it means to be wise or foolish, then we'll say, okay, Proverbs 14, 6 and tell me, hey, if I'm not cautious and if I'm not smart enough to turn away from evil, then I'm a fool. So a wise person says, you know what? Anything can be used against me. And I have to be cautious and discerning, patient and poised to be able to navigate the noise so I won't find myself destroyed. And so my question to you is, are you cautious? Are you wise enough to turn away from evil and say, see, a wise person can see five moves ahead. And I said this in one of my videos. I said the enemy, I said in the video, stop playing checkers with a devil that plays chess. Now, what does that mean? Anybody who knows chess knows that people who play chess, they think two to three to four to five moves ahead. Every move they're making, they're making five moves with that one move. They're just not making like a checker move and it's just quick and I'm getting and the game's over. No, when a person moves a chess piece, a wise, and I play chess, they're able to say, okay, when I make this one move, I'm thinking about your possible three moves and I'm thinking about my possible three moves and I'm thinking about my counter move before I even think about this move that I'm making. So the devil knows that most people, even believers, babes in Christ, or people who think they're saved, always go for the first move because they're checker people. And so what he does is he says, all I'm going to do in the first move is tempt you. That first move to tempt you. The second move is to get you attached. And the third move is to get you detained. And so what happens is a wise person says, what are the possible evils behind whatever is presented? Even good. If I move into this good situation, what possible evils could be opened up to me? I'm not sitting there saying you be evil consciousness or sin consciousness, just being wise. Then you will begin to say, oh, I'm not ready for marriage. Oh, I'm not ready for this. Because I know if I think three to four to five moves ahead, then I can get ahead of it and the enemy's plot can be exposed because the devil's traps are not evident in the first move. Demons tracks and traps are not evident in the second move. They're in the third, fourth, fifth move. And if you're able and the only chess master who can be able to discern every demonic move is the Holy Spirit. So you don't move unless the spirit moves because you know that you're just the piece on the checkerboard. And you will let the Holy Spirit say, hey, boom, 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 boom. Checkmate. Devil's out your way. So to read this verse again, some answer some questions. A wise person is cautious. And it turns away from, like God is so gracious. How many of us have been guilty? Well, we should have been exposed. God should have been called us out. Like our hidden sins should have been public. All of us has something that man, if we would have got caught with that, man, man, man. When I say everybody is extremely, when I say at high level, you're talking about everybody knows <clears throat> we've done something in private that if it was exposed in public, man, it will cause shame. See, God's grace will cover, but to some degree. And a lot of people, the Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace abounds? The Bible says, God forbid. God will cover you if your heart's right. Like God, what I mean by cover, God doesn't condone sin, but God would be like, hey, man, yo, yo, I, I, man, that's one time. All right. Okay, you repented. Whoop, whoop, whoop. You came back. Okay, good. Now, two times, bro. All right, man. All right, all right, all right. All right. Third time. Oh, now you in arrogance now? Oh, you in pride now? Hey, man. My grace is sufficient for your salvation, but my grace is sufficient for practicing sin. 
And how many of us it says, okay, God, I'm turning away from this evil. That's a wise person. A wise person says, I'm cautious and I'm turning away because this is going to get in the way and expose me and keep me from being the person I need to be. Last but not least, it says, but a fool is arrogant and careless. My question to you is, are you arrogant or careless? Are you cautious and willing to turn for evil? So that's my verse for the day. Hope that was a blessing to you. Jazz says, yo, coach, someone who I work with for side cash owes me 2000 and they have been acting funny about giving me the money I worked for. I'm so upset. What should I do? Okay, let me read that again because I don't know if it's someone that you worked for. Okay, so, oh, okay, work with. So, yo, coach, someone who I worked with for side cash owes me 2000 and they have been acting funny about giving me the money. I worked for, I'm so upset. What's your number one thing is to get your emotions down. Get your emotions. First off, you have to understand mentally that God is your provider. Number two, you got to learn from this situation. Number one, you got to say, okay, God is my provider so that you will be disconnected from the need of that money, disconnected from how you view that person with your money. Secondly, you got to begin with, I say the second thing was, secondly, you got to begin to, um, man, I forgot the second thing. Either way, what I would do is this. Oh, what learn from the lesson. How did I get so now you gotta look back and say, okay, what did my spirit man tell me about this situation? So now that I know if this person never gives me money, then I can count it as loss, suffer as loss, and keep it moving, learn my lesson. So the next time I won't find myself stressing. All right. But you ease your emotions by saying, okay, God, vent to God, process to God, get mad, talk loud, whatever. We'll get it out your system. And then what you do is then begin to learn from it. Okay, I'm learning from the situation. What did I do wrong? Can't trust people like this. All right, man, this person never gave me any money. Cool, I'm moving on because God's my provider. I learned my lesson that I can stop stressing and move on. If not, then you're going to be always seeking that money because a lot of people did never return my calls or never gave me the money that I worked for, a lot or whatever, coached or whatever. And I just kept it moving. I know that's easier said than done, but when your mind begins to shift and begin to say, okay, God, because what you don't want to do is build these toxic emotions. What you do, you say, all right, man, I'm going to let you go. If you give me the money, cool. If you don't, cool. I'm going to learn this lesson, stop stressing, and move on to my next blessing. Hope to help. Ari says, hey, coach, how do you know you are being tested by God when it comes to letting people go? I don't think necessarily you're tested to let people go. Some things take common sense. I think some situations based upon, is this person benefiting me? Is this relationship, uh, uh, does this relationship has any reciprocity to it? Uh, is this person acting funny now? And now in their acting funny, funny, they think that I'm a dummy. Like, like you don't need to be tested to let someone go. Like God's not testing you. To, God is telling you. <laughs> if a person's acting funny, then God is allowing a situation to tell you that it's time to move on. Now you got to start unpacking and disconnecting any potential ties that you have to that person and begin to investigate whether or not you have self-esteem uh, uh, issues uh, uh, or, or validation needs or whatever it is that's keeping you questioning and, and, and kind of saying, OK, God, give me another sign and see if I leave a person. If a person is not treating you at the level that you deserve, then you don't no longer have to serve. People have to deserve your serve. If not, don't serve to people who don't deserve what you have to serve. And if they're and only people who know their worth knows what they should deserve. And so when it comes to letting people go, you got to let people go to let yourself go forward. Hope to help. I'm going pretty fast because I got to get off pretty soon, but I want to answer enough questions. Good morning. Lord. 
<laughs> you know school started when I'm talking about good morning is nine o'clock at night. How you doing, Christine? Hope you will. <laughs> uh, breakdown says, God show Gideon he only need a few of the best. That's it. God don't need much, man. God don't need much. Amen, amen, amen. Jazz says, that was Kobe who said about KD. Oh, yeah, that was Kobe. Kobe was targeting his weaknesses, but the next season, KD worked on his weak areas and was unstoppable. That was Kobe. I remember that. Kobe said there was no stopping him. All right? And that's where we got to get to. The only way we're unstoppable is if we're operating in the spirit of God. TJ Dream says, why is it that I've been feeling purposeless lately? Because you're, you're not aware. Purpose is everywhere. Purposelessness is the byproduct of not being aware of purpose. So my friend, what I would do is I would begin to look at your daily purposes, and which reminds me of my book, Multipurpose. And I'll show that right now, just in case that book would be a great resource for you. This book, Multipurpose, will show you that there's more than just one purpose in life. And sometimes we feel purposeless when we're not operating in our purpose at best. And what I mean by that is our purpose. Like, like, like right now, imagine me being a poor father or being a poor husband because my my message today didn't come out right or or I haven't got any speaking engagement or whatever, whatever it is that's happening, whatever that may be happening, whatever. And all of a sudden, because my quote unquote life's purpose is not operating at a certain place, now I feel purposeless, right? Because that's not operating at its best. But when I began to focus that purpose is everywhere, that all I gotta do, if if I if I had a bad video, if I stuttered over here, if 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 the book ain't flowing, then I can go right into being the purpose of a husband and still get fulfilled. I can go right into being a father and be fulfilled. And me going into my uh, uh, role purposes and playing those roles well would then give me the purposeness in me not to feel purposeless. And now I'm able to give my purpose my best because I've tapped into all of my purposes. Right. And so when you feel purposeless, then you got to get back to the fundamentals of purpose and realize that purpose is everywhere. So now what I would do is it's OK. What is God's purpose for a man? You a man. So what do you got to do? OK, let me just endeavor to function in the purposes of what it means to be a man every single day. And then while you're in the purpose of man. And, and begin to operate in that and, and begin to be a good man and work into the Lord and, and being a good steward and, and executing that, then you will begin to see other activations of purposes unravel and you'll be able to say, man, now I'm functioning back in rhythm of what it is that I was he sent here to do. But the reasons why you feel purposeless lately is because possibly you haven't been spending time with God. There, there's a poor perspective of what purpose is, or or you're just getting caught up in the reacting, uh, the the or re, being reactionary to things that's happening in your life, and versus going to the deep reservoir of relationship with God and cultivating it so that you can properly respond to life's demands, so that you don't find yourself feeling purposeless. If that makes sense. I hope to help. And so check out my book, Multipurpose. Also, if you're looking for a program that's going to help you, I have a, a, a mastery program. as a hybrid program on mindset and purpose. Go to my website, mycoachjosh.com. Go on the coaching tab. Uh, tab. Check out their mindset mastery program. We have about 17 people in the program right now, and we're probably going to restart it mid-September. For those who want to get back in, we're getting this first group in and getting them, uh, uh, getting the results that they endeavor to have. And if that sounds like something that will bless you, bro, fill out the application and, and, and let's see what we can do. You also got here. Let me see. I'm ready 
for a wife and to be successful in life? Well, you have to understand the purpose of singleness in order to understand the purpose of mingleness. Right. So when you understand the purpose of singleness, you will see singleness as a gift. And, and then you will begin to gauge whether or not you're ready for a wife or not. Like, like, like next, like marriage is next level. Like, like there is deeper levels of patience, deeper levels of sacrifice, deeper levels of understanding. And, and when you begin to immerse yourself in the purpose of singleness, you will then be sharpened on what you need to be character wise to be able to be prepared, not perfect for, but prepared for the, what comes on with marriage because you have developed certain fundamental traits in regards to how to respond your prayer life is solid or you know how to pray because there's gonna be some times where your prayer life may not be as strong but you know how to pray you know how to rebound right and, and you able to discern be poised and make good decisions then you begin to say okay i need to tap more into my daily purposes versus uh, uh trying to get into purposes of a relationship if that makes sense Miss B Dog B Dog says, Eva often looks and feels good. Lord, that's right. <clears throat> the devil knows what we like, demons know what we like. I understand, family. Check out that book, Multi Purpose Family. That book right there will help you understand your multiple purposes. Or if you need a little bit more uh, uh, closeness, community, resources to help you really understand that and feel more fulfilled, then check out my uh, Mindset Mastery program, man. And, and see how I can help you. Royal Bloodline said he protects us from consequences when he understands. That's right. If you have the right heart, but see, David had the right heart, man, but he doubled down, doubled down that sin, bro. He he went too far. <laughs> he went too far. And so when you know, God, when God knows your heart and you really want to be a part of what is it he's going through, he'll cover you. But we, but you, but you, but, but listen, man, like, shall we continue and send that grace of balance? God said, God forbid. God gets the glory. Thank you, my sister. Amen. Uh, Jacink says, how to respond God's way during valleys and troubles? Well, you have to go uh, uh, James 1, 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. And when patience has had its full effect of perfect work, you will be whole, complete, and lacking another. So, how to respond? The best place to respond from strength is in the presence of God, where the word of God says in its presence is a fullness of joy. Joy is the highest level to respond from. There's four frequencies, vibes, a person must be fully vibrating at, at a high level in order for them to properly respond to negativity. Number one, you have to vibrate at a level of enlightenment. Number two, love. Number three, joy. And number four, peace. Those four things, even secular people say, are the highest forms of vibration that energies uh, force field that a person can uh, exude from them. Why? Enlightened. When I know who I am in God, and I know I'm a child of God, and I know God is my source, and I know that God provides... And God resides and in, 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 in inhabits in my praise. Like when I know that, there ain't nothing that the devil can show me that can get me off my off my uh, uh square. There's nothing <clears throat> because I know for a fact, no matter what, I can count it all joy because I have been enlightened on what that word means. I've been enlightened knowing that 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 the testing of my faith. See the word no, knowing this that the testing of my faith that's enlightenment. So when I know that my faith has to be tested in order for my faith to be trusted. 
then I let my faith be tested. If I know that if I don't let patience work, then I won't be able to work patience in areas where patience is needed. I'm going to tell people all the time, if you're impatient in your singleness, you ain't ready for the patience required for marriage or the patience required for parenting or the patience required for deep depths of ministry or entrepreneurship or business, then you're not ready. Impatience anywhere is impatience everywhere. Patience anywhere is patience everywhere. So knowing this is a sign of enlightenment. So when I know that these things just that comes with it, when I begin to realize that I was chosen, not called, and there's some things that comes with a chosen person, and I say, hey, man, this is what it is, man. This is what comes with it. You know what I'm saying? I can't get mad if I'm Kevin Durant and people show, like if you were, like they say, with an NBA champion. Right, a champion. They, they, the next season's tough for them because everybody gives them their best. Because a champion is the measuring stick. That is what it is. So enlightenment, also love. When I know that I'm loved by God, then I know God is in the valley and the shadow of death for me. I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. See, now love is letting me know that if God loves and their God would never lead me in a place that He won't feed me. Right. Also joy. Counted all joy, not some. Joy, love, enlightenment, and peace is where we need to respond from. And that doesn't come from the world. You can't go to Walmart. You can't go to Target. You can't go to Whole Foods and purchase that. That comes from the purchase that's already, that it comes from a payment that's already been paid when Christ was on the pavement. And when he was, when his blood hit the pavement, then there was a payment. Now I'm able to do what I'm meant to do. And now I'm able to respond from intimacy, engaging with the spirit of God that cultivates that enlightenment, joy, love, and peace in me. So now when I'm in, uh, in a situation, now I have the ability to respond. We have to measure everything based upon responsibility. Do I have the ability to respond? There's a difference between responding and reacting. Most people react to the valley. They react to troubles versus knowing, loving, joying, peacing from those from that uh, vortex of, 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 of level of frequency to be able to respond accurately despite where they are. Hope they are. But no, we're kind of all over the place on that. But I hope it makes sense. I got to go. Uh, one more, two more. I'm going to go to 30 minutes and I'm gone. Jan says, man, coach, I want revenge. I know that's 2,000, but two, listen, listen, when you got a mindset, listen, if I lose 2,000, I can make 20. That's how my mind is. It's like, if I lose 2,000, I learned the lesson. Now let me go on to my next blessing. You say, I want to take things in my own hands and let the entire neighborhood know what the situation is. That is, that, is that a sin? Yeah, it is. The Bible says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Meditate on that today. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. You are not your own. God fights for his beloved. And, and 2,000 to God ain't nothing. But the lesson that he wants you to learn is something. So right now, don't let the block know. God let the block know. God, that The person who owes you 2,000, they the one that's restless. Nobody in sin can rest. <clears throat> they know they ain't treating God's uh, children the best. So give it over to God because God can handle that situation way better than you can because what you don't want to do is, is compound sin. You don't want to put sin on top of your sin. And now now y'all both look foolish. And now you could potentially, by making an emotional response, find yourself in a situation you don't want to be in. 
is to help others know about the individual. Don't worry about the business. Just give them a Yelp review. You know, if you <laughs> if he has a business, then give him a one star <laughs> and keep it moving. God's got you. All right, time for one, two more. I got to go. Ms. Dawes says, how do you get over a person that you have to constantly see at church and serve with? It's like we keep running into each other ministry-wise. I'm used to blocking people, getting them out of this, out of sight. Um, yeah, like what you got to do is you got to change the way you see that person. That's how you do it. Get a sheet of paper, write down that person's name. Top of paper, write that person's name down. Next, I want you to write down this, the things they did against you that you're still triggered by or still attached to. I want you to write those things down. Now I want you to write down the thoughts you have towards that person. Then under the thoughts, I want you to write down the feelings towards that person, right? Once you do that, you begin to see your heart on paper. Then I want you to begin to see the, the lesson in this and the blessing in this so you can stop stressing about this. What's the lesson? What can you learn about people like this individual? What is the blessing that you can receive from that experience? that lesson that could turn into a blessing so that you can stop stressing. What that will do then, you will then, as you practice the activity as often as you need, because the Bible says when a person, when Peter says, should I, when, when a person sins against me, should I, should I forgive them seven times? Cause the law required you three times. He said, no, uh, 70 times seven, which is 490 times a day. You may not see that person 490 times a day, but you may see them mentally 490 times a day. Not even that much, but close, not even close. So what you got to do is you got to renew your mind about how you see the individual so that you can begin to see that person, number one, as a child of God. Number two, see yourself as a child of God. And number three, see what the situation was and realizing that's under the blood. That's over with. Keep it moving. Because if you keep the lesson and the blessing on the forefront of your mind, then you will stop stressing. I'm, that's it, guys. Love y'all so much. Thank y'all so much for trusting me with y'all's questions. Everybody else's questions. Man, a lot of good ones. Plus the cars I was dealt with in life feels like God didn't want me to be distracted from. Okay, 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 okay. okay. I gotta go. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. I gotta go. Love y'all. Uh, check out my latest book, Multi Purpose. It's a book to help you understand the multiple purposes of life. Also, check out the merch. Well done. It's a movement. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, and you really want to walk in the freedom that Christ has given you. This book, The Purpose of Freedom, will help you better understand how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds. If you're in a situation right now, you're unsure whether or not this person is a counterfeit or a counterpart, if this person was meant or the situation was meant or this job was meant to be in your life, then this book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, will help you understand discernment and how to discern and test things in your life. If you're struggling with your feelings and you want to get back to dealing and you want to learn how to uh, keep your feelings where they need to be, Facts Over Feelings would be a great book for you. <clears throat> if you're in a situation right now where you're like, man, I'm not holding my marriage well, I'm not holding my kids well, I'm not holding my career well, I'm not holding myself well, and you really want to understand wholeness, then this wholeness journal will be a great resource for you. Also, check out the card game. This is this a fun card game right here. I think will help you with that. If you're single and you want to better understand the purpose of your singleness so that you can maximize your singleness, so that you can get into mingleness, then this book right here, The Purpose of Singles, will be a great risk of you. If you're in a dating relationship or you're single or you're married and you want to better position yourself to make sure that you're in the same sentence, on the same paragraph, on the same page as the person that God wants you to be with, then this book, Dating Prep, will be a great risk of you. Ooh, so many books. If you're a young, if you have a young person, you want them to find their art early so they can know their purpose and be about their father's business at the age of 12 or so. 
And this book, as he says, is great books, a great proverbial points to help kids understand at their level what 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 their purpose is in life if you're struggling with spiritual warfare you want to better understand the whole armor of god this book world war me will be a great resource for you all that stuff books card games are available on my website mycoachjosh.com if you need coaching if you say hey coach i'm not mentally clear about my purpose i'm mentally uh uh uh, I have limiting beliefs and I, and I, and I, and I really believe that I, I have a purpose. I really believe I'm successful and, or uh, whatever. And you really want to tap into your purpose at a high level, then check out my coaching programs. My group coaching programs is available now. And if you need one-on-one coaching, let me know as well. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Let me see the latter ones. Uh, okay. Y'all just helping each other out. Uh, yeah. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Catch y'all next time. Peace.